0: Good evening. I'm so happy that you all are here, that you made it here. I was thinking this afternoon that it feels a little bit like a, a spring retreat, a retreat in springtime. And I was also remembering uh, something that Ayo and our yoga teacher, posted on Facebook. She doesn't know I'm going to say this, but she posted on Facebook last week, she said, perhaps... Spring's never going to come. <laughs> it's starting to look that way. And it was so funny when I read it. It made me laugh because I realized that, like, subconsciously, I'd been having that thought. <laughs> I mean, you know, logically, when you think about it, yeah, spring's going to come. But it's been such a long winter, <laughs> a cold winter. And what's um, oh, beautiful is we get this time, these five days, to be here in um, the springtime, early springtime. Such a beautiful time of year. If I had any doubt whether spring was here, the peepers behind my house where I'm staying and the wood frogs, they definitely are announcing that spring is here. And I hope you'll enjoy it. I hope you'll enjoy this time of year, the, the light coming through the trees, it's, such, it's probably it's the lightest time of year because the trees haven't filled in. So you can feel the warmth of the sun as it's getting stronger. We're past the uh, equinox. No, yeah, equinox. We're past the equinox. And the earth, we can smell it now, right? It's starting to have that smell of um, that freshness of the earth. And the birds... I was listening to a chickadee today and I, and I swore it was saying, see me, see me, see me. <laughs> it wasn't exactly like that, but that was a translation <laughs> as they're establishing territory and um, making their presence known. So I hope all this, the beauty here and the nature here and the springtime energy can help you uh, in this uh, endeavor that we're undertaking um, of practicing presence, of arriving here and now. That's what we're going to be practicing. So my name's Rebecca. Most of you probably know that you signed up on the web and you saw who we are Um my name's Rebecca, and I've been teaching here at IMS for a number of years now. I have lost track. I live um, in western Massachusetts where I went skiing in the woods behind my house three days ago. So that's how that's how spring, is, how close it is. But just tipped this weekend right into spring. Um, and uh, Greg here, Greg Sharp is on my right. We've been teaching this week. Re- together for a number of years and uh greg and i also teach the three-month course here the three-month retreat that's next after this for those of you who are interested (laughs) and uh greg's a a long-time practitioner spent some years as our time over a year probably total right as a monk i think it was over a year in the end a couple times um a dear friend i'm really happy that uh He'll be teaching with me. And on my left, we have Alexis Santos, who is our um, assistant teacher on this retreat. Again, he's been practicing for many years, I think 15 or so, and also spent time as a monk. And, um, yeah, really dedicates his life to this, uh, this practice, spends a lot of time on retreat and um, assisting other retreats and uh, finishing up his teacher training and I'm super happy to have him with us, too. And then on the far right, we have Eowyn Alstrom. She will be our yoga teacher for this uh, retreat. In the afternoon, she'll be offering a period of uh, mindfulness-based yoga. It's a fairly gentle yoga. It's appropriate for any of you. Um, So it won't be like, Power Yoga, Ashtanga Yoga, or something like that. It'll be uh, accessible for everybody, right, Awen? Did I describe that correctly? Absolutely. Yeah, and she'll give you a little more information about that at the uh, two o'clock sitting tomorrow. Before, before or at the end of the two o'clock sitting before the yoga. So we're all here to uh, support you and to share this um, time together. This time of relaxing into presence, being here. So I thought, why not start with actually practicing for a while? We'll do a short meditation, about 15 minutes, and then we'll give you some more information about what we're doing here. But many of you have had uh, probably a busy day, just getting everything in order to to come here. So we'll give you this time to, to settle in. So we can start by... Taking a position that's comfortable. We'll talk a little bit more about posture tomorrow. (laughs) But for now, finding a position as comfortable as possible. And with a posture that reflects a degree of enthusiasm or interest. So upright posture. but also a posture that reflects relaxation and subtleness, ease. We're combining enthusiasm and alertness with ease and relaxation. So you might even just start with coming into feeling your body sitting And seeing if you notice any places of excess tension that you want to invite to relax. Maybe the eyes or forehead, you can soften the eyes. Face and jaw. Let the neck lengthen just a little bit by just tucking your chin ever so slightly. This is how the neck relaxes, by lengthening. Inviting the shoulders to drop. Inviting the chest and abdomen to soften. Letting the lower back relax towards the floor. Feeling the content, t- contact of the buttocks and the cushion or the chair and the floor beneath us, the earth beneath us. Allowing attention to sink within the body, the physical form. Maybe feeling the hands touching And you'll notice, of course, that the mind will begin to think and tell stories. But also at some point you're going to wake up and know that's happening. And it can be helpful, especially at the beginning when you wake up out of these stories and fabrications of the mind, to have some way to reconnect with this present moment or present time. And connecting with the body sitting and the hands touching can be one way to do that. Very simple. Feeling the body, feeling the hands. Not trying to make the attention stay there, just receiving the experience. Maybe within the body, you'll notice the movement of the breath. If this feels comfortable, you may connect with that experience when you come back from being lost in thought stories. Just simply connecting with the breath as it is. Relaxing into the breath, breathing. Connecting where it's easeful for you. we have this experience, we call it the anchor or the home base, the body sitting, hands touching, or maybe the breath, breathing, some experience that feels easeful, present time. But we don't need to hold on to it tightly or deny the rest of our existence. So other experiences might arise. Perhaps we'll hear a sound or think a thought, feel an emotion, perhaps a painful sensation in the body will call our attention. None of this is a problem. It's just life manifesting. So we can know that that's our experience in the moment. And then in order to help us build some steadiness of attention, we can come back to this anchor. Simplicity of the body sitting, hands touching, the breath. So it's all meant to be practiced in an easeful kind of way, a relaxed way, no force. So for now the instructions are fairly simple. Connect with your anchor experience, which should be an easeful experience. Notice where your attention goes, because it will go somewhere. That's the nature of the mind and then gently come back to the anchor experience and the trick is to do it all with a sense of kindness so notice if uh, if any harshness or force starts to enter and see if you can remember relaxation remember kindness In this kind of meditation, no experience is the wrong experience. Or you could say every experience is the right experience because it's what's happening. You may not believe me now, hopefully by the end of the retreat you will. We practice connecting with the truth of the moment, with what's happening in the moment. And the breath or the body is just a tool to help us steady the attention, reconnect with present time awareness. We can end our meditation this evening, if you wish, by just taking a moment to appreciate yourself for your efforts. It took a fair amount of effort probably to make it here and to appreciate that you've chosen to spend five days cultivating awareness, mindfulness, kindness. We can appreciate to our community together, each other, because we find that it's easier to meditate when we do it with other folks. We inspire each other, encourage each other. And you can also end by appreciating those who made it possible for you to be here. family, friends co-workers, mentors, teachers. Just a moment of gratitude and thanks to these folks who have supported us or are supporting us now to be here. They have given you a beautiful gift. So one of the traditions here is at the end of a sitting that we um, bow to each other. You don't have to do it if it's uncomfortable to you, but it's just a way of of appreciating each other and um, respecting um, the, the important work that we're doing here. It's funny, when I first started practicing here, that didn't happen. It just kind of came into the culture at some point, <laughs> a way to... Just um, acknowledge our community together. If you want, um, I will talk a little bit. If you want, just take in in place and stretch a little bit and shift your posture, feel free to do it because you have already been sitting for a while. This first night can get to be a little bit um, long (laughs) because you're just getting here. We'll try to keep it as short as possible. First of all, I I, uh, want to um, welcome you all here and hope that you will be comfortable during your time here. We really strive at IMS to make um, this place a spiritual home to everybody, to anybody who is drawn to silent retreat, to this kind of uh, spiritual practice. And we find that the feeling of of welcome, of of safety, helps us to relax into our practice. So we try, we try here at IMS to be as welcoming and inclusive as possible. And some of these um, efforts that we've made may be um, visible to you. Uh, some may be behind the scenes. Some of the visible ones, for example, um, we may talk about the Buddha and the Buddha's teachings, but. We hope that people of all religions feel comfortable here. And one kind of marker for me of that is that in this walking room that you came through, there's still the, the stained-glass uh, windows from the when this was a Catholic monastery. And I like that we leave those. <laughs> it's a way of saying, y- you're welcome here. Um, sometimes we also here have retreats for certain groups of people, like young people, um, or uh, people of color or an LGBTQ retreat um, to help uh, uh, increase that sense of belonging and welcoming and safety here. IMS also over the last number of years has been um, putting lots of energy into... uh, making IMS feel like a safe place for people of all racial backgrounds. And some of that um, happens invisibly, like the board is a third people of color. You wouldn't know that, but it is. And then we'd have special scholarships to encourage uh, longer retreats for people of color so that we can um, train teachers um, that are people of color. And then... um, we also are just uh, about to undertake um, construction work to make all of our bathrooms gender-neutral, uh, gender, ne- gender neutral. so uh, welcoming people of all different gender identities. So what I'm just trying to say is that whoever you are and however you are, we want you to feel welcome here and safe here, and that we... Uh, um, really value that. We have a deep commitment to that because we know that our family um, is complete when when everybody feels welcome. I want to talk a little bit more tonight about presence, which is the basis of everything that we do here. My partner recently was telling me about a story that he heard on national public radio Um It was about an American professor who went to Australia to do some research with the Aborigines there. And apparently they have this extraordinary sense of knowing where they're situated in a landscape, especially in regards to which direction they're facing. So when you meet somebody in Aboriginal culture, you ask them, Where are you going? So it's kind of like we meet somebody and we say, how are you? You meet somebody and you say, where are you going? And then they'll tell you in very precise language where they're going. So they'll say something like, I'm going south, south, southwest to the mid-distance. And apparently they even say things such as, um, there's an ant on your southwest leg. Or, please move the cup to the north, northeast. So that means, like, to to even stay oriented in this culture, you have to, um, or to to even speak properly in this culture, you have to stay oriented at all times. I found this fascinating to hear about. They were really excited that an American professor was coming. They assumed that she must be quite intelligent because she was a professor. But once she arrived, they discovered that they were disappointed that she wasn't so. Intelligent because she usually didn't even know what direction she was facing, <laughs> which is so basic, right? <laughs> she said that eventually, hanging out with them, she uh, learned how to. She developed this ability, and much to her astonishment. So, what I love about this story is the sense of of being firmly rooted in presence, of being oriented to where you are really knowing where you are. So if I asked most of you in this room which direction you're facing right now, you probably wouldn't know. Some of you might if you've been on retreat here before. But any five-year-old Aboriginal girl would be able to tell you that. So I'm not saying that we all need to develop the ability to know what direction we're facing. But we do need to develop the ability to be firmly present where we are, now and here, we need to develop the ability to be now and here. Because this is the only place we can learn about life, is when we're present, really present for life. So about 95% of our practice is learning how to arrive here, maybe higher than 95%. (laughs) Even the first 15 minutes of meditation we did was probably enough for you to understand that. Maybe some of you had a nice calm time, but for most of you, the mind was probably somewhat wild. It travels so far, it goes so many places, it goes on so many journeys. Meditation is a practice of coming back to now. And so, as I said, we have this anchor that helps us do that. The goal isn't to be with the anchor. The goal isn't to stay with the breath or be with the breath. It's a tool, though, that does help us come back to now, to orient ourselves in the present moment. And we'll add other um, experiences. We'll we'll talk about connecting with all the experiences of mind, body, and heart, because it's a very inclusive practice. Presence is very inclusive nothing is left out you don't have to leave any part of your experience out of this you don't have to get rid of any experience and you don't have to make any special experience happen that's all the good news <laughs> and that way it's really easy <laughs> but it's hard because we want to make some special experience happen and we want certain things to like go away and be gotten rid of <laughs> that's what makes it hard So you could say that presence is a profound willingness to make ourselves available for life as it manifests, whatever that is. So it's, it's about saying yes to whatever your experience is in the moment. It's widening how much of life we are um, willing to connect with. Recently I was practicing in Burma I tend to go there every other year for a month in January or a few weeks in January <laughs> and I was I was really um, interested in this question even after over thirty years of practice. I was really interested in this question of what does it really mean to be present? And I would practice like taking a step and like could I really land? wholeheartedly holy in that step it's like after 30 years it's still intriguing <laughs> it's 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 um you could say that this practice of presence like how can i land fully in one breath like the fully part it's like not wanting to be anywhere else but just with that breath or just with that step or just with that bite of food After 30 years, coming back to that. Actually, it never goes out of style. It's an all-purpose practice, presence. So whether you're new at this or whether you've been doing it 30 years, it's like, what's it like to just arrive right here and now, not wishing to be with any other experience in any other place? Give it a shot. you got five days here. (laughs) And then after that you have the rest of your life. (laughs) There's a profound rest in presence. A profound rest in this willingness to be where and what we are. It's a kind of unconditional relaxing into our full humanity our embodied presence in this world. So we may want or try to um, make perfect moments, perfect experiences, the perfect retreat. But um, there's one teacher named Ajahn Brahms. He recommends um, the mantra, good enough. (laughs) And uh, I recommend that too. So it's just good enough. This breath, good enough. This step, good enough. This sorrow, good enough. This joy, good enough. It has to be unconditional. Everything has to be good enough. You don't just get to choose. Some things are good enough, but like all of it's good enough. Bliss or sorrow, pain in the knee or uh, a floating feeling in the air. (laughs) So, if you find yourself fighting with experience, maybe you'll remember good enough. This is good enough. Kindness and uh, metta come into this picture, as I mentioned. Kindness actually makes it possible to settle into presence. So we try to bring this flavor into our um, mindfulness practice. We'll be practicing uh, a metta or loving kindness formally in the afternoons, but we're going to be encouraging you to bring in that sense of um, turning towards whatever experience arises with a sense of Kindness or friendliness or inclusivity, acceptance, all very similar. Love, if that word works for you. Ram Das says, The path of love doesn't go anywhere. It just brings you more into here, into the present moment, into the reality of who you already are. That's what this flavor of kindness or love or acceptance does. It brings us more fully into now, into the present moment, into who and what we are. It takes an incredible amount of courage and trust to do a retreat and to make this commitment to showing up for our lives showing up in presence in the present moment. I don't think you guys know how brave you are. Or maybe some of you do. Because the present moment is completely unpredictable and vast and wild. You come in here and sit and you don't know what you're going to get. It's a huge adventure. When I was young, I used to travel a lot. I went all over the world, lived in a number of countries and everything until I was 24 and did my first retreat here. And I pretty much quit traveling after that because there are so many adventures just sitting down and watching this heart and mind and body. It's such a vast and wild terrain that that's what interested me, to travel right here, travel right in the present moment. So, it takes a lot of courage. you have a lot of courage to um have come here and 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 chosen to do this. It also is helpful this sense of presence is helped by slowing down, so you can come here and you don't have to do that much. We did give you a yogi job, which is part of your retreat, and you have to you know eat and take care of your body but Part of the blessing of a retreat is you don't have other things you have to do. People are doing them for you. They're cooking for you. We have a staff serving you. You don't have to check your cell phone, right? I hope you've put it away already. Um, Yeah, you don't have to do email. You don't have to do any of that stuff. So you can take a chance to kind of savor uh, the moment and slow down. I just read in a book that um, there was a brief period during the, I think it was 1840s or 1850s, when it was fashionable for Parisians, folks who live in Paris, Parisians, to take their pet turtles out for a walk, (laughs) to promenade with their pet turtles. I found this like really, really exciting. (laughs) Many of us suffer from a kind of hurry sickness. No? I'm sure some of you do. This kind of sense of anxiety and restlessness that comes from too much speediness. The last time I was traveling to a retreat, I went to a gas station and they had this big sign. It said, Acceleration Station. And under it, it had coffee and you know fast food and everything. So, like, Acceleration Station. That just kind of sums up our... Our culture. Well, this is a deceleration station. <laughs> you don't have to hurry. You don't have to hurry anywhere. Mm-hmm. A quote I saw recently that I liked, it said, We don't have to hurry through the now. Now is not something on the way to something else. <laughs> so you don't have to hurry through the now. Now. And the now's always here for you. So, no matter how far you've gone off in your mind into whatever alternative universe you've created, you'll wake up at some moment and now's right here, right here for you. You don't have to go anywhere. It's easy. Just, oh, connecting again with the breath or the body or whatever's happening. So if you find that you're um, bringing in extra effort, trying too hard, trying to get somewhere besides for now, that's all we're trying to do is get here now. But if you find yourself trying to get somewhere, maybe you can remember the pet turtle and take your pet turtle out for a walk. I I would imagine the walks were rather slow. (laughs) didn't go very far. (laughs) So the the whole idea of arriving here and now is that when we're present, when we're here, when we're alert and awake, so presence is like the same as awake. So when we're awake in the presence moment, in the present moment, this gives us an, an opportunity to learn about life, to learn what leads to happiness, what leads to suffering, to learn how to live in harmony and at, and at peace with this world as it is, with this um, wild, changing, always changing um, world. So we, we come to presence so that we can pay attention and learn. And so you let life teach you. You let your life teach you. You let life how it manifests moment after moment as you're sitting teach you. And it doesn't matter what the experience is. You, 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 can learn it within, you can learn about life with any experience that shows up. And that's why its presence is so important. That's why we spend all this time practicing over and over, coming back to this moment, to presence, to now, to here. It's because in this way we can learn. And in this way we can develop a deeper sense of harmony and peace, peace which the Buddha called the deepest kind of happiness. I'll end with a quote by Pema Chodron. This body that we have, This very body that's sitting here right now in this room, this very body that perhaps aches, and this mind that we have at this very moment are exactly what we need to be fully human, fully awake, and fully alive. Furthermore, the emotions that we have right now, the negativity and the positivity, are what we actually need. It is just as if we looked around to find out what could be the greatest wealth that we could possibly possess in order to lead a decent, good, completely fulfilling, energetic, inspired life and found it right here. So that's our invitation to you to find right here in your life with all of the pain, the joy, the aches, the sorrow, the pleasure. To see that as the greatest wealth that can be, the greatest wealth that can help lead you to a decent, inspired, fulfilling, and deeply happy life. So that's all I'm going to say for tonight. Um, Alexis is going to say a few words about getting the most out of this experience. Uh, why don't you do a real bona fide stretch, like you can stand up? <laughs> we'll probably go on for a, about a half hour longer. Thank you for listening.